This is your Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes jam-packed with news of the day from the perspectives of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. Today's top story, follow-up on the Turkish story. The Turkish... I. What happened yesterday was Pence came out of a meeting with Pompeo and the president of Turkey, Erdogan, and said, we've negotiated a ceasefire for five days. There's going to be no fighting as the Kurds withdraw from a 20-mile wide and many more miles across along the border strip of land, uh, and Turkey will be happy and it'll be all over. It was not clear if the Kurds were going to go for that. It's not really up to us what the Kurds do. And I didn't find it in any other news source, at foreign news source, like from the other side, Turkey, Syria, Russia. I did see one thing after the show, though, that the Turkish foreign minister said, this is not a ceasefire. But it is. It It is. It's a pause in the operation. And he said, if they can get the Kurds out of there, we'll be fine. The, there are a couple of little uh, sticking points here. They're saying it's 20 miles that they have kind of a right to, and Syria and Russia have said that, uh, according to a law, maybe Syrian law, they do have a right to a kind of safe zone there of six miles and or 10 kilometers. It might So that might cause a problem, but it looks like Russia respects their right to get out. They said... We don't even care if Russian or Syrian troops are in there. We just don't want these terrorists. They're calling them terrorists. There's some dispute. YPG is the Syrian Kurdish group that they say is a part of PKK, which is a Kurdish group that has been designated terrorism, terrorists. We work with YPG. So I guess having us there side by side with YPG wasn't okay with Turkey, but they would probably not be allowed to operate there if Russia and Syria were in there. This would all be great. Like in a rational world, you want, Turkey said, we're happy with Syria just having its territorial integrity, to use an expression from Obama, that just uh, we don't want these terrorists right there. And Turkey is actually still bombing this group called the PKK in northeastern Iraq right now under a different operation, Operation Claw. This is Operation Peace Spring. They're saying that the PKK in northeastern Iraq is actually launching incursions into Turkey because greater Kurdistan, this this imaginary country, which was in the new Middle East map that Condoleezza Rice put out there, takes a huge chunk of Turkey, huge chunk of Turkey. So Turkey does not want if they have an idea that they belong, that land is, I'm sure, occupied by Kurdish people. If this group wants to take it over. That's what Turkey does not want. So Turkey continues to shell there. We are reporting that despite the ceasefire, shelling continues. Erdogan has said that that is disinformation. So I'm guessing that we are misconstruing intentionally our mainstream media, this northern Iraq operation. Uh, So, look, it would be great if everybody just got back into their, you know, behind their borders and certainly I'm glad that we're not in there anymore. I don't trust it. I feel like I I would be shocked if we really are walking away. Although if we come out with the free trade agreement in the end that Lindsey Graham was trying to organize with Turkey, then I'll think that this was all just kind of a pre-negotiated thing 
that were like, okay, we'll give you peace in Syria for a while until they're completely dependent on us with this, with a trade agreement. I don't know. Pence actually mentioned that Turkish bank that Lindsey Graham had said on the call to the pranksters, uh, Trump's working on the bank. Don't worry about it. He's working on the bank. So I'm starting to think the bank, the Department of Justice filed charges against the bank just a couple of days ago. So maybe they are just trying to pressure Turkey into coming around in some behind the scenes negotiation. I wouldn't be surprised if it included a free trade thing. It certainly has to do with weapon sales, I think. But we won't see until this stuff really shakes out. But but what the Turkish said were, was that we have they have no branches or employees here of this bank and we have our department of justice has no right to charge them with anything and that is a kind of thing that we do that department of justice is the FBI and when Mueller ran the FBI he started using it in other countries which Putin has actually called us out on it's a complete violation of sovereignty totally against the law of nations which is a foundational resource for our foundational documents you just can't do that. You have to respect the sovereignty of other countries. We demand it. The same people who demand it for immigration on the borders are the ones who seem to to find an excuse to advocate for our interventions abroad. But I would say we need to just back away from all that. So let's see what else was in the. Uh, oh, Erdogan is going to meet with Putin in Sochi next week. So maybe this is going to all come around into, you know, a, a, a kind of all directional, as the moon of Alabama said, win, 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 win. And then there was one item that in my Turkish reading that reminded me of a story you brought up yesterday, Binkley. He said, Erdogan said, oh, and don't forget, like, batten down the hatches, tsunamis are coming. And I thought of your storm quake as being a way, right? Weren't you saying that the earthquakes are, earthquakes and storms are now related? And I had mentioned that earthquakes and tsunamis are related, and I wonder if they actually can yeah. cause tsunamis by blowing up, you know, detonating nukes under underwater. It's like sub, like, uh, sub-oceanic earthquakes can cause tsunamis i just wondered if all that stuff could dovetail that we sh we're going to see tsunamis coming they're going to blame them on these storm quakes which they're blaming on climate change yeah storm quakes yesterday they said that hurricanes the scientists discovered that hurricanes cause storm quakes in the oceans and this is a new weather uh phenomenon and they will n most definitely blame it on climate change but that makes sense because it's going to be back in the news there's a reason we heard about it yesterday we're going to yeah hear about and it again. And if it's tsunami season, they're going to, like, even if tsunamis always occur at this time, they get to blame it on climate change. Yeah. It's like Especially if else. you can predict it because it's seasonal. You could say, oh, we're just, uh, this new phenomenon is emerging. See, we told you. It's like, well, it, oh, this always happens at this time. Yeah. But there was other climate change news, too, I thought you said. Yeah, there was a climate change protester climbed Big Ben dressed as Boris Johnson and then dropped a banner. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Protesting the government's inaction against climate change. And this person was from Extinction Rebellion, the same place that we played some clips of 
a few months back on a show where they had a Brookings Institute panel where they were basically talking about how they're getting children to risk their lives to do climate change protests. And it's also a group that's associated with Greta Thunberg. So this guy climbs Big Ben, risking his life. He He was like 42. It just shows the extent that these protesters are going. They're not just gluing themselves to buildings. They're climbing. (laughs) Then he should glue himself to the top of it. That would be so awesome. And just leave him there forever (laughs) as like a relic. (laughs) Well, that's how I would be if I were up there because I would not want to climb back down looking down from that. This guy did a solo climb, so he didn't have help with him. I mean, he's risking his life for climbing. Just with... Does he have, like, did he get a rope from the top? Like, I wonder if he had help. What do the pictures look like? He's just, like, suction cupping it Spider-Man style? Or... I only see a picture of him already up there. I don't see the process okay. of Because it. if there were ropes, then he would probably have had permission to do it behind the scenes. But he's, yeah. he's taking this out on Bojo, who is quite busy right now. I think Brexit is going to a vote, like, today or tomorrow. Yeah, I think why that's is he EU, dressing but... like Boris Johnson? Well, because Boris Johnson is probably just the incarnation of all evil, like Trump is. And, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they're all just anything bad. Like the Brazilian guy, like, I call me Mr. Chainsaw. Really, that's <laughs> very politic. Yeah. But this Extinction, what was the name of his Extinction organization? Extinction Rebellion. I have to, this is how crazy the the environmental, I knew this was crazy when my, my son who has Down syndrome, just like his thing is animals, and he'll just watch the same thing a thousand times. So he used to watch this thing called Animal Atlas, which was actually very enjoyable. I liked it. The narrator was pleasant to listen to, but one day he, I guess, went prehistoric. Normally it's not. And he was, he opens the show by saying, sadly, pterodactyls are extinct. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I told you this one before. No. Pterodact- Sadly, pterodactyls are extinct. But if you know anything about the dinosaur and evolution story, whatever you think of it, the story is that mammals were teeny tiny and hiding in like tree hollows until dinosaurs went extinct because pterodactyls would come and eat raccoons and everything, like the equivalent of a raccoon. Like a human being could not live in the same world as a pterodactyl. Yeah. That's the idea. So I just don't think it's sad by any measure that pterodactyls are extinct. I mean, just imagine if pterodactyls were were filling the skies. Like, how would that? I would do a lot less jogging outside. <laughs> and flying. Yeah. And everything. Oh I mean, it's gosh. just, it's not sad that pterodactyls. I'm going on the record as a, as a, uh, I'm not enraged about certain extinctions, particularly pterodactyls. Yeah. Well, me either. (sighs) Anyway. Impeachment. Yes. What's in the news today? Everything's about impeachment, about Mick Mulvaney and his statements he made yesterday, or when he said that basically Mm -hmm. what he said was that we held up foreign aid uh, until they agreed to investigate corruption. And if you really listen to his words. It really wasn't that straightforward, I think, from what I saw. Did you think it was absolutely straightforward? I thought he said exactly what Trump had already said in that he was investigating the corruption and the CrowdStrike server and the Democrats' potential interference with Ukraine. Yes, and I I felt like the way Mulvaney said it was he cares about these things. He was looking into it. 
yes, in the same conversation or around the same time, aid was an issue. I mean, he just didn't. It was highly ambiguous, in my opinion. It was definitely ambiguous to get both sides to have something to pull onto. And what the media is hanging on is they're, they're saying that he made a stunning admission that there was quid pro quo, which he didn't right. use those it, words. I the did not find a media used those words. But then they're saying at one point he said there's going to be uh, political pressure in in international politics or whatever, something like that. And he's absolutely yeah. correct on that. That, so that right. it's just bringing to light these oh. standard things that happen in politics and that have always happened in politics. There's a book written by Walter Littman from the 1920s called Public Opinion. A whole chapter is dedicated to – you could title the chapter Quid Pro Quo if you want to. <laughs> but it, it's just – it's showing – it's bringing to light these standard acts in politics and making it seem as though they are not normal. Yes, this is how normal it is, and nobody even mentions it. Now, they're saying it was for personal – gain but right. that isn't even that that's a whole nother thing you have to read into it but this this uh yesterday in the newspaper there was an article about guatemala honduras and el salvador which i've mentioned before like they we signed this asylum pact with them where like asylum seekers would go through some of those very i mean they're leaving those countries how you're sending you're just like swapping them around and i found it's almost impossible to find any reference in the articles to what I think is the most important provision of those pacts, which is we are going to fund the building of facilities in their countries. And to me, that is cronyism of the prison industrial complex for sure. Like that's how I feel about all of this. I actually think that the number one reason for all this immigration stuff the number one reason, not all the reasons, but the number one reason for all the chaos at the border is prison industrial cronyism, I think is the number one reason. And in the article yesterday in the journal, it said, finally, we're going to restore uh, foreign aid to these countries. As they said, uh, they didn't want to sign the asylum pact, but they did uh, because we threatened or actually took away uh, he said the devastating sanctions and removal of foreign aid was why they signed. This is what th those guys said. I think it was Guatemala. They absolutely got their foreign aid removed until they signed this asylum pact. Details are unclear on the pact. But now that they signed it, aid is restored. And we're going to build stuff in their country, which probably is an increase in aid. Yeah. So that's just the it's just exactly what we do. Yeah. You know, the only difference do. is that they're saying Trump did this for his own personal gain, but it's much more likely that what Biden was doing with Burisma was for his own personal gain. And I, I think something George Kent, who's a deputy assistant secretary of state who, in, who was interviewed by the impeachment investigation yesterday or the day before, about Obama and, uh, and Burisma, I think there's a lot there. And I'm, I, we have a show on WSB Sunday at 2 I'm going to try to get this. If there is anything there, I'll bring it to that show. But uh, it seems to me, so you they can say that Trump is doing this for his own personal gain, but there's really no, there's nothing more you can do except for infer that that's why he would be going after that. But I mean, there are other reasons. If our job in Ukraine is to fight corruption, then why shouldn't he do it that way? Yeah, at the very least, I said this the other day, if you look at the Biden thing objectively, 
at the very least, I would say you'd want it investigated to clear his name, to clear Biden's son's name, Hunter Biden, because it looks very shady. Yes, and even open the bigger picture of why is it our job to replace democratically elected governments to root out corruption in other places? Why is the back and forth here? The Democrats were just about rooting out corruption in Ukraine. It's like, who gives a care? Yeah, yeah. Who cares? Yeah. And if and if it really matters, then what what Trump is doing is right. Right. That's corruption, right? If if the if they're if they're dealing with our government in campaign stuff about CrowdStrike or anything like that, then it is relevant. It's either relevant or it's not relevant to us. Right. I mean, it's just it was their playground that that whole Ukraine thing was really their playground. And one funny thing that Kent said was like this article I read in the Wall Street Journal, Washington Post, it said all this stuff about, well, you know, it wasn't. No, it's completely debunked or whatever that there was it's completely unfounded to say that hunter biden was up to no good completely unfounded to say that all this stuff just and it was and it, it's all totally founded like there is it's like it's totally unfounded to try to push uh Yovanovitch out of the ambassadorship it's like it's not lusenko their prosecutor said that she told him to fires or not prosecute certain people like there's foundation for it that needs to be investigated but one of the things that they said was that biden hunter biden wasn't really doing anything wrong but it could lead to the appearance of impropriety and we need to teach the ukrainians what conflict of interest looks like <laughs> so it was just like these stupid corrupt ukraine you know they're so dumb and and corrupt you know it's like so biden was doing him a favor <laughs> <laughs> well, they were. He was saying like that. That you really can't risk. They don't understand the subtlety of how we work. That of course they didn't understand that Biden's were Democrats. So clearly they're not corrupt. I mean, I'm not trying to play like the Democrat Republican thing, but that's yeah. the the way the media present and the and the that's Republican exactly how stuff it's being presented. Does it the same way? You know, like they take their position as like, well, we get the benefit of the doubt and you don't. Yeah. But it's just funny because it's not unfounded. And Ukrainians know full well what conflict of interest looks like. And there's no way to yeah. disprove that you didn't use it for your benefit unless you actually investigate it. Exactly. It looks like Hunter Biden. Yeah. It's- Who got a job he wasn't qualified for that had got at least a big salary and at most all of the assets of Burisma if the plan went according to plan, which it didn't because of that prosecutor wouldn't play ball, Every in my opinion. Every story in the, the mainstream media starts off just like you just said. They say President Trump got a foreign country to investigate the Bidens, and it's unfounded, without evidence. It's just been completely debunked. They all say the same words. The first sentence of one of these paragraphs, if not the whole article, I wrote it down, is, although many of Trump's claims against Biden have been unfounded. So that was the beginning of a sentence where they had to like go and say what was not unfounded. Yeah. Many of the claims. And I'm thinking, yeah. I can't think of a single claim of Trump's that was unfounded. Yeah. Or has been debunked. Right. None of them, and they never will be because they're not going to be investigated. Exactly. <laughs> but what this does, this is kind of like after World War One, there was a growing awareness of, that, of propaganda, the propaganda that went on domestically that was targeted at us domestically from our own country and 
people learned they were bamboozled and people got angry. So they started becoming more critically aware and they started teaching propaganda awareness and stuff. And then shortly before World War II, they shut all that down. So they, they made it – they kind of taught people the surface level stuff, made, it look, made, it, made them feel confident in their ability to recognize propaganda. That yeah, way, lesson learned. Right. That, we, we are on your side yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. That way We're they fighting. can continue We're fighting doing, fake news. Yes, yes. They can continue <laughs> doing the broader, more subtle propaganda. I think this is a similar thing going on here. They bring stuff like this out to light to say, no, this wasn't corruption. This was just maybe a little bit of conflict of interest. He didn't do anything wrong. Biden has a good heart. And now we're <laughs> that's the best one. Yeah, we're closing. It's the in his book. heart. That's what this hate hate crime stuff is. It's like, yeah. but but we don't care what you do, say how you profit, what laws you break. What's in your heart, buddy? Yeah, exactly. What's in your heart. And they're, they're bringing this out so that they can continue to do it and make people think that it's not being done anymore. So you can continue to do it without people being aware of it. Bring it out to yeah. light. Make it look like you've closed yeah. the book on it. That yeah. way you can continue. A good doing example. It. An example of that is that Hunter Biden. It was just splashed all over the news. He stepped down from the board of the Chinese company. Yeah, and and this goes to what is completely the misdirection over the Ukraine thing. They're like he was on the board of this Ukrainian company, pulling down fifty grand a month, which probably went to his like actual, um, not him personally, probably whatever his financial firm is called, but. They act like sitting on the board and drawing a salary is where the payoff is with these people. With Hunter Biden, the board he was on in China, that just means he has to show up and take responsibility. He still owns 10% of it. And if it is investing billions of dollars, that means his stake in it is worth in the nine digits. I mean, like we don't even use that expression because it's so big. It's like $100 million or more. I mean- that, that, so they're focusing on sitting on the boards. They're focusing on the surface stuff, and they're not only going to continue to do it, they don't have to do anything now. Yeah. They've done what they're doing. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if they own some of Burisma at this point, which is owns is the largest gas uh, ENP producer in uh, the Ukraine. Well, so. I guess we'll never know. <laughs> well, we're definitely never going to know, although I am going to try to – I am going to try to bring some – some information. I, I think I, I can peel the onion one more layer on Sunday's show. So, uh, so in, I guess a little bit, Oh, I was going to say lighter news, not lighter news. I was thinking yesterday I talked about the rising suicide rates and I tweeted about it and Johnny cook tweeted back at me. I would like to see the parallels between declining church attendance and increasing suicide rates. So I just Googled to see if that existed. And the first like five results were like trying to find a link between religion and suicide. It's like, okay, you can, but it was like, try, try, try. And then there was a couple of studies that were like in women and and other demographics, the church attendance and suicide were inversely correlated. So that as church attendance went up, suicide went down. And actually to tell you the truth, When my niece killed herself, I did think my first thought was that she just didn't, she just mustn't have thought there was any meaning. You know, I just, it was my first thought. Like I'm not, I'm not even owning that thought more than like an electrical impulse that went to the front of my brain. Like I just felt like she must have been, and you know what? I went back to church after that. I hadn't been in religion for 10 years or more, many more. 
And, uh, well, maybe not more, but I also felt, you know, I did it for a lot of reasons, but that was a trigger for me. That's very interesting. I made that connection so profoundly that I went back to church and I thought to myself, I have doubts about like the true nature of power in the universe. I really don't know, but it's, it's like, uh, Pascal's, is it Pascal's wager where he says, if you act like there's no God and there is a God, you're kind of screwed. Yeah. But if you act like there's a God and there isn't a God, you'll never know. Yeah. But if you act like a God and there is a God, like even if it's one in a billion, like yeah. you, you've got at least, <laughs> you're telling me you got a chance. Yeah. So anyway, today in the news, that only reason I'm going back to this is today in the news, it popped. So yesterday in the news, it popped up that suicide rates were up. Today in the news, it popped up just by coincidence, I think. Church attendance is down. Interesting. I thought that was funny because that is exactly the tweet. It's just these these things that, that float around at the top of your mind sometimes do have connections. But now we need to go to a lighter topic. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I, I want to hear about rage. Oh, rage yoga is like... <laughs> I thought that was the angrier topic. Well, I don't know. Maybe, you know, that's the competing theory, right? That actually if you get it out of your system, maybe you don't have to let it fester. Well, we did a story last week about rage rooms in the, I believe, a hockey team's arena where people can go in and break plates and throw them against the wall that have logos of the other team on it. Now we have Rage Yoga, which releases negative energy, and it includes alcohol, profanity, and obscene gestures. And if you look at the picture, you see people in yoga poses – flipping the bird off to like other people in the room and stuff and i think i would throw up if i drank alcohol doing yeah. yoga and it's so on yoga drunk yoga is very on yoga that's just that's so on you i remember i did yoga like intensely for a while and they're like you have to never drink alcohol never drink anything but water uh not eat meat at all not even for religious reasons but just because you can't twist into a pretzel if there's like any actual, <laughs> you know, animal protein in there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that seems wrong. This highlights... Like an abomination. America's increasing need to find ways to let out their rage. So the rage is... I think we, we talk about outrage all the time. The outrage of the news is creating rage within the public who are yes. now looking for ways to release that rage. And thankfully... There's a market opportunity that's popped up for rage rooms that's and awesome. rage yoga. Yeah. Well, the, the, what frustrates me about this is that the that the rage is totally superficial. Yeah. It's like we have this what they keep calling increasing polarization, which is well documented and intentional. If you look back into the literature. But while we feel polarized and more angry towards each other, the policies are converging. So mega debt and war, I mean, the politicians on the right and the left respectively support, you know, the debt and the wars. It's like there's nothing left. There's no actual issues that drive the conflict. It's simply, you know, it must come down to style. It just must come down to style, like, or maybe religion and non-religion. You know, it's just whatever it is that makes you I feel like they they polarize us based on oh well like that's what identity is for. That was the Michel Foucault thing I read in the in the Preparata book about the ideology of tyranny. Like you can't just you can't do it about issues that can be resolved. You have to do it about fundamental things that yeah. people can't talk through. So exactly. identity is perfect for that. 
Yeah, and that's what every topic that we're dealing with right now that's so divisive. It's never going to be solved. It's not intended to be solved. The politicians are there to make sure that these divides in society continue. They're not there to and solve And they absolutely need to make sure, which you bring many, many times when you talk about Indivisible and their tactics and like what I read that ad last week, make a racist cry, yeah. donate here. They have to make sure that we are not communicating. So I remember when Eric Holder first took the job as attorney general under Obama, he said, we need to have an honest discussion about race. And I was like, oh my gosh, that would be so great because a lot of people like they don't know, they don't want to offend each other, but you can't, is the other person coming from like a different, is there really something there? Is race really a cultural construct? Like, what is it? Why do we hurt each other's feelings? Like, what if we're not really coming from a place of hate? Yeah. But misunderstanding or mis being misrepresented? Like, yes, let's talk about it. And I think the follow-up sentence was like, well, why people are racist? <laughs> I was like, no, no, that's not, it's not no. That's not the conversation we that's had. That's not going to work. But he actually, he didn't say that, but he what did shortly thereafter, he was kind of busted going down to Florida and fomenting protests and kind of extra legal uh, activity uh, uh, on the Trayvon Martin, George Zimmerman case. Like he actually was fostering uh, a like conflict rather than understanding. I mean, that was a terrible case, but everybody was wrong, but yeah. still we could have all said that. Everyone could have said that. It's like the Ron Paul solution. It's like, yes, warfare and welfare are both wrong. Yeah. Why do you have to be on one side or the other? Why do you have to decide that the only compromise is both? Well, I'll tell you why you have to be on one side or another. Actually, Hillary Clinton helps explain why there can't be third-party tickets. During, she was an interview guest on a podcast yesterday, and she was talking about how there's going to be a, th a third-party Ticket is going to be again. There's going to be a pesky, pesky third party candidate, and it's going to be Tulsi Gabbard because she's being groomed by Moscow by the oh. Russians to run as a third party candidate to help Trump win. So not only is she, is she saying that Gabbard is a Russian, she's saying that third party candidates are always going to be Russians attempting <laughs> foreign interference. Well, this that what wasn't that the famous? I think it was the Lenin quote about the best way to control the opposition is to be the opposition so she is the controlled opposition and and actually it wasn't the russians who did it most recently what so she's saying it's going to split the ticket right it's going to take yeah. draw yeah so that's what why people don't like third parties but new knowledge the only russian bots in evidence like new knowledge who writes the russian bot senate reports Work. I don't know if everybody listening has heard our WSB work on this, where <clears throat> the this new knowledge band of Democrat think tank, whatever it is, tech uh, researchers blew up the Roy Moore election on purpose, pretending to be Russian bots and in other ways saying that they didn't actually affect the election, which is positively wrong. There's no question about it. And that they were just using Russian tactics. Yeah. But in reality, the evidence for anyone using those tactics is just these guys. And one of the things they did was that without this guy really knowing that he was a part of it, they took 
a conservative who was running against Roy Moore and pumped him up on Facebook to split the ticket. So yeah. Roy Moore would lose. So that was one of the things that they actually did. But it's not Russian. Yeah, it's a new knowledge Democrat tactic. It's probably a tactic that's been used for a long, long time. But they try to just pin it on the Russians like they always do to divide and conquer. And you have one I more wanted, thing? I wanted to do. I wanted to talk about. Just mention that the Wisconsin workers embedded with microchips. You, Dean, and um. Oh, great! A couple of other people alerted. No, you and it was Dean and you. A couple of years ago, said this was coming. There, there are these. Uh, a local firm made good today on its vow to embed employees with microchips. Some forty workers sported T-shirts saying, "I got chipped." What kind of mind control is this for people to put on shirts and advertise that they got chipped? It's like when Gloria Steinem had, you know, big smile on her face like, I had an abortion. My gosh, I can Just never get little... lost in the woods. You can always find me, always That's know right. where I am. Well, here's the thing is that so they're in their rice sized chips in their hands. And I'm thinking like the I thought they weren't even going for chips anymore because we have everybody straps on their iPhone like you're never going to everybody's traced all the time. But if there is like a, a, a crisis, a civil unrest crisis or a tyrannical oppression crisis and people like really wake up and they throw their iPhones in the trash and they keep walking, you're going to have to start cutting people's arms off apocalypse now style if everybody's got chips. Like I, I didn't want to chip my dogs. I don't want to leave it behind. But the dog chips actually are not GPS trackers. They are barcodes. Yeah. You know, and I, this is probably the same. It's probably just like a barcode. Well, how yeah. long to one of these things gets hacked? And what can uh, you do to a person when you hack it? Anything? I'm sure as they get yeah. more advanced down the road, I'm sure that they'll definitely be able to, especially when they link them with uh, the brain. They're trying to link them with the brain. Brain interfaces is what they call it. They're them. saying it's a parallel with using Apple Pay. Like someday you're going to have a chip in your I hand. I will not able pay. To just... I will never use Apple <laughs> Pay ever. But they're going to chip you, man. They're well, going to hold you down and chip you. And if you don't get chipped. They can chip my cold, dead hand. You're not going to eat. <laughs> you know, that's what people say. And then they get katrina and true. they give up their stuff without realizing that's true. you're going to give it up. You guys can find your drive time news blast every weekday afternoon at 4 p.m. on the propreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform with the Propaganda Report podcast feed. And be sure to check out our episode 185 of the Propaganda Report, which drops tomorrow. We will be talking about how the special operations forces are training with Ukrainians in Europe and just exactly what it is that they're training for and the types of training exercises they're doing. We'll talk to you all later.